need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Polly Campbell, and you're listening to Polly Campbell's Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so that we can do the work that matters to us and live the lives we want to live. And you know, I woke up today feeling tired, but I reflected on that a little bit and I realized the kind of tired I was feeling was calm. It was a settling after a spring where there has been a lot of busyness and chaos and stress in my life. I I was recovering from a surgery. Those of you who listen know that I had a hip replacement. There were ups and downs as a result of COVID and different challenges in our personal and business life, like we've all experienced, right? But today I realized that I wasn't feeling the stress of that the same way, that what I was feeling is satisfied that I had grown in some way through these busy and chaotic and turbulent times. And I'm curious about that. So today is a perfect show because we've got Joe Bailey here. He's a coach and psychologist, and he's the author of many books, including Thriving in the Eye of the Hurricane, Unlocking Resilience in Turbulent Times. And Joe, I think these are turbulent times. We've been through it. I've been through it. And I think everybody can relate to the different challenges they've faced this spring and over the last few years. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the news, listen to your neighbors, and people are really stressed out. People are really feeling kind of overwhelmed, divided, uh, anxious. Uh, There's a real mental health crisis in a way. Uh, And that's why I wrote this book, because uh, as a, I'm a psychologist that deals more with mental health than mental illness. I've always been interested in prevention, and I've done lots of work in school systems and companies and uh, social service agencies and police and firefighters, educating people about how how do we tap into this natural mental health that we sometimes refer to as resilience. So I, I noticed all the people who I had trained and who had an understanding of the principles that I teach, we're doing really great during the pandemic Mm -hmm. compared to people who didn't have that booster shot, that vaccine of mental health, of understanding the nature of how we create our, our psychological experience of life. So that's what the book is about. And I loved it. I think this is a really interesting topic at any time, but you just touched on an important point, right? We were so focused on keeping our bodies well to you know, stay away from COVID and keep our loved ones, that that a lot of people went all in on the physical health and maybe became distracted or didn't think as much about staying mentally healthy. And one thing I liked about your book is you say that we're all born with some innate capacity to take care of our mental health. 
Can you describe that? You talk about it as resilience, but you, you talk about it as being an aspect of who we are. Yes. Yeah. I, one of the chapters in my book is the nature of resilience. And I, first thing I talk about is how it's innate and innate means it's something that we're all born with. It's a capacity. It's just like we're all born with an immune system, but you can compromise your immune system by not eating properly or breathing polluted air or misusing your body. But that is, is a capacity that is innate. So if you just live right, you take care of that, it'll, it'll come back, it'll bounce back. And if you just are hang out, if you wonder, you doubt uh, resilience that it's in everyone, just hang out with a bunch of three-year-olds mm-hmm. uh, someday. And you'll see that these are, you know, they, they fall down, they go boom, they cry, they get over it. You know, they don't hang on to grudges. They, they just are more present in the moment um, and they, they're curious, they're open, they're, they're little sponges. We, we learn more in the first three years of life than the rest of our life combined because our minds are so free and open and present. And so this is, this is something that once we discover that that doesn't ever go away, that it's something that we can tap into just by an understanding of how we cover up that resilience. And the way we cover it up is through the innocent misuse of the mind. When we misuse our minds, when, we, when we're dwelling on the future or the past, when we're uh, judging what's happening in the moment, instead of tapping into this, uh, what I would call an inner guidance system, a compass, uh, a GPS that's within each of us that is referred to as insight and wisdom, it's always there to guide us, even as adults, even as old people. I'm 74, or I will be uh, on Friday. And um, that inner guidance, that inner compass of insight and wisdom is with us from the birth to the grave. Mm-hmm. And when we learn to hear that still small voice, it, it kind of reboots us. It resets our mind so that we we come back to the moment and we hear that voice of wisdom to guide us through the pandemic, to guide us through political discord with our relatives or rush hour traffic or people being, you know, I, I've no, I don't know if you've noticed this Polly or not, but a lot of people are really being nasty on the freeway and <laughs> in, in lines at the grocery store. People are just on edge. There's this, and if you can, deal with that with a light heart and humor or with some compassion it diffuses people almost immediately it's amazing when you when you're operating from your resilience you can help spread that mental health around you so anyway i i I totally i absolutely agree and and you make the point in the book that you know these are turbulent times but historically there are always turbulent times that life I mean, big things happen if we're engaged in our life, if we're paying attention, we're going to feel different uh, pros and cons, different stresses and different times of, of peace and calm. And, and what I found really interesting to watch the last couple of years when things were so encapsulated is some people really went off and created great solutions or had very creative responses 
to the stresses they were feeling. It, it wasn't like they weren't worried or weren't stressed about a pandemic, but they dealt with it in different ways. And it, that seems like what you talk about in your book, that's resilience. It's the capacity to, to face the challenge in different ways and innovative, more positive, like with humor or creativity or insight, the things you were talking about, so we don't get lost in all the stress of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not what's happening to us. It's how we respond to it. And that's the free will of human beings. And with an understanding of how our thinking works, that, you know, what everything that we're feeling is always coming from our perception of things. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a different perception because everyone has different thoughts. And based on our thinking in the moment, that's how we perceive things and how we perceive things is what we are going to feel. So I often say, and I use this phrase in my book, we're always living in the feeling of our thinking moment by moment. And when we wake up to that fact, that's a principle. When we see that principle in action, that principle of thought, and we realize, oh God, I'm just caught up in, I'm caught up in the past or I'm caught up in the future or I'm caught up in interpreting what that person just said and judging them oh they must be from the other party or whatever and when you when you wake up it's like waking up from a nightmare you realize you just had a nightmare you don't go back and analyze the nightmare mm. because it's not true it's just a nightmare but when you have a daymare you think it's true you know like <laughs> oh, this, is, this is my thinking it's this is happening in reality well no it's happening in your thinking and when you see that it gives you kind of a a reset button to press and you press that reset button and you say wait a minute this is coming from not what's happening to me but what's happening from how i'm responding to what's happening to me and when you see that you you're empowered and you mm -hmm. don't feel like a victim uh, i was just watching 60 minutes last week and there was a guy on there who was a uh, professional architect in san francisco and he ended up with a brain tumor. And as after the brain tumor was removed, two days later, he had, became totally blind. And he, the doctor told him, you'll never get your sight back. This, you're you're going to be blind the rest of your life. So you need to see uh, an occupational therapist and get a new career because you can't be an architect if you're blind. He says, why not? And he says, well, because you can't see. And <laughs> an architect, you have to look at plans and building. He says, no. I'm going to be an architect. I am an architect and I will find a way to be an architect. And he designed a whole, worked with a computer guy and designed a whole printing system to print out architectural drawings in Braille. Mm. So he could feel the building plans. And he learned to, like it was like no big deal. He learned how to be a blind architect. He also learned how to throw a ball to his son by hearing the sound of his voice so they could play catch. He didn't see any limits to his blindness. He just saw that, you know, if you really want to do something, you just have to figure out a new way to do it. And so he was open to this unlimited creative thought process that we all have. So we all have that. You, you can't destroy that creative thought process, but you can cover it up with rigidity and beliefs and limitations of thought. But those are just thoughts. And because they're just thoughts, they only have the power you give them. 
you are the consciousness that empowers the thoughts in your brain to turn into the reality that you see. And when you recognize that, it frees you from the past conditioning. It frees you from your limitations and it allows you to see life in a non-habitual way. Uh, William James, the founder of American psychology is often quoted as saying that genius is nothing more than seeing life from a non-habitual way. I think this is exciting and I think it's empowering. I think I was going to ask you what happens along the way, but you just said we covered up what, right? We get stuck in this rigid form of thinking and think, oh, that's for other people or isn't that nice for them? There's no way. You talk in your book about the three principles, the mind, the consciousness and the thought. Do things start in the mind then? Is that where the energy begins or are they all interrelated? So the, the mind is not the brain. The mind, as I define the principle of mind, and I, I didn't come up with these principles, Sidney Banks, who was my mentor, had a, a, a transformational experience, an awakening, and he realized really what are now coming to be the fundamental principles of psychology. Psychology has never really been a science until it had its principles. So here's what the principles are. Mind is the universal intelligence of all things. You could call it the life force. You know, I talk to physicians, they all, I, and you ask them, well, what beats the heart? Well, it's, you know, the electrons from da 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 and say, but what does that? And they, they, they finally get to the point where they say, well, I guess it's just what that invisible life force. So everything comes from this invisible unifying power we call mind. And mind is just the energy of all things. It's the quantum field. It's what everything is made of that is invisible or spiritual. So the spiritual essence of who we are is mind. So mind is where all insight, all transformation, all change, all inventions, everything comes from mind. Thought, second principle, is what we're constantly doing. It's another constant. We're always thinking whether awake or asleep, thought is, is always happening, consciously or unconsciously. Thoughts that are habitual in memory, stored in the brain, or thought that comes out of the blue. Insight, creative thought, uh, innovation, um, possibility thinking. So that, that form of thought is what we need in these turbulent times. We need creative thought to see how to reinvent our institutions, reinvent our world, because the world of, you know, of climate change with all the climate disasters, climate crisis that we're in, as well as the economic crisis and the war in Ukraine, and it goes on and on and on. The, inflation, the gas prices, don't, don't get me started. <laughs> but if you, if you can see that from a resilient mind, uh, a creative mind with creative thought and insightful thought, you can see beyond the limitations of the past thinking to a future that will, like every other time in history, when we've been in a crisis point like we are when, when we were in the Civil War, when we went through the the uh, Black Plague, you know, that's when Newton, during the Black Plague, came up with his discovery of uh, physics and classic physics, the, the 
laws of gravity and everything, it all came to him when he was away from school, when he was buried in the in the pandemic of the time, and he had all this time to reflect and think and ponder. And that's where all of his discoveries were made was during that that year of the Black Plague in London. Or there was many years of it, but during that time he was isolated. So when we look back in history, and I refer to this in the book too, there's stories of all different times during that created the Renaissance and created the Age of Enlightenment and the Scientific Revolution and all of these breakthrough times came out of challenges. And so we're in that now. And the the biggest challenge that we have in this world is that we we don't have mental health. We're operating from division. We're operating from judgment and prejudice. And we're operating from fear and anxiety. And we have to have this breakthrough of understanding the mind and thought in order to raise our level of consciousness. And that's the third principle. Consciousness is the awareness principle. It's what allows us to be aware in the moment that we're having a thought experience rather than a a life experience. We're having an experience of our thought in the moment. And when we have that insight and that realization, it clears the mind and opens the portal to the universal mind to have new thought, a new perception, a new feeling, hope feeling of hope a feeling of possibility a feeling of we're all in this together rather than you know getting into our little camps of thought and dividing each other so the principles are what this whole book is based on and and then i talk about how we transform from the ego to this true self this essence of who we are that is unlimited and and unbound by the past thinking and able to create new thought and then the rest of the book is just so many stories of miracles that have happened all over the world i was just in london speaking at our annual conference there are people from 138 countries that are practicing learning these principles in business and school systems and uh resolving conflict in the in the middle east and it's just amazing the implications of this for humanity so that's why I had to write this book. There's good news here that we we can we can change our mind and live a different life. We can change our mind. Friends, hear this. It's all within our power. And we're going to get into some practical ways of applying these principles when we come back on Polly Campbell Simply Said, part of the best business network of Electricast. And we're back. Hi, this is Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And today we're talking about resilience with Joe Bailey, the author of Thriving in the Eye of the Hurricane, Unlocking Resilience in Turbulent Times. And Joe, you were telling us that we all have access to this, that we are all empowered, have innate levels of resilience. And it's a matter of understanding that and then activating that within ourselves or empowering ourselves to operate from this resilient place. How can we do that when the baby's crying and I'm afraid of losing my job and somebody I know has COVID? How can we access it even when life is hard? Well, uh, that's a great question. And um, 
first thing is is really to understand where your experience is coming from because it can look that way like oh it does to me sometimes too where i just feel overwhelmed with everything that's happening but because i have an understanding of the principles of how we create all of our perceptions all of our emotions through the power of thought um, i realize it's an inside job so that that is my saving grace that's what helps me when i get caught up in my thinking i remember oh wait a minute i'm the one having the nightmare here mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm the one having this thought and there's another way of looking at it and i don't know what it is but i just that moment of recognition that moment of awareness of consciousness in the moment that this is that this these things are really happening but how i'm experiencing it is coming from me so when I can see that and not blame myself or feel bad about it, but just, oh, maybe there's another way of thinking about this, being open to that, just having an open mind uh, allows us to suspend our belief for a moment of how it is and make room for new thought to enter our mind. Hmm. So when we relax in the moment through that recognition, it calms us down, it gives us a sense of peace. And in that moment, momentary kind of pause, feelings of hope and possibility begin to come up. And when we have that feeling, it's like a, it primes the pump of insight. And then we begin to see, oh, there's maybe another way to look at this. Uh, like the story I told in the first part of the show about the man who was blind. and saw that maybe there's another way I can be an architect and still be a blind architect or still play catch with my son. So when, uh, when I work with companies or I work with kids or I work with parents, I point them back to this default setting of resilience, of new mind, of new thought, creative thought, so that whatever life gives us, whatever kind of hand we're dealt, if we can remember, first of all, we're always going to be resilient. We're always going to have the potential for new thinking. And all that we need in any crisis is to be in touch with this eye of the hurricane, that calm place within us. That's where we, we find this infinite source of new thought. And that's how we recreate our lives again. So like when I had Lyme disease, I was so sick. I thought I was dying. And um, I knew I'm, you know, I've been teaching these principles for 40 some years. So I knew my thinking had something to do with it, but this was different. This is Lyme disease <laughs> and I'm depressed and I, I can't get up and I can't think and I can't write and I can't do the things I normally do. So this is a big deal. And I got scared and I frightened myself. And even though I, intellectually knew that this had to be uh, my thinking. I didn't see it as an insight. And then one day I was in Malaysia attending a Kung Fu uh, training and there was a, a guy who was a healer in Qigong healing from Switzerland that I wanted to have a session with because I knew I was stuck on this. And so I caught up with him when we were walking through Chinatown in Penang. And I said, Andrew, I'd like to get a session with you. And he says, okay, well, let's just do it right now. I said, what? 
here in the busy streets, horns honking. He says, yeah, right now. And he says, what's the problem? And I said, uh, well, I, last summer I got uh, Lyme disease. And he says, stop right there. Don't ever say you have Lyme disease. Well, what do you mean? I, I had it before I knew it, what it was. And, and he says, every time you say that, you send the thoughts about what that means through every mm. cell of your body and you're suppressing your immune system with those thoughts and beliefs. Oh, yeah, 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 I know that. I've written several books about that, I said. <laughs> I'm world renowned about this. And he says, no, you don't. You don't know what I'm talking about. Well, what do you mean? I don't know. I was kind of insulted. And he says, I can see it in your face. You don't believe me. And I was, it kind of took me back. And then so he went on about the quantum field and how that works in the body and how the mind is where all illness originates when you identify with your illness or your limitations, you become that and blah, blah, blah. And at some point during the conversation, I had this awareness of all of this invisible unconscious thinking I had been doing. It's like a, a inner public relations department, always thinking and talking about my Lyme disease. It was always on my mind unconsciously. And when I saw that, it just collapsed in my mind. And in that moment of, of that collapsing, he looked at me and he said, now you believe me. And I oh. said, how do you know that? And he says, I can see it in your face. You just had an insight and that's what you needed. You're fine now. And I said, well, can we make us uh, an appointment? And he says, why? You just had it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, that was it. But I was identified with my limitation, with my disease and and I, so subconsciously, it was sending all these messages to my body. And so the next morning I woke up and I had all this energy and all the pain was gone and my head cleared and it completely cured me. It was like a miracle. That, uh, that's a great, that's an amazing story. And I want to, I want to come back a little bit and say, are you talking about not experiencing some of these negative emotions then is it is it bad if we're angry or scared you talked about being scared or are you talking about recognizing them in a different way and and using them to get to that different level of consciousness you you have to have emotions if you, it's like if you didn't have the sensation of pain when you touch the hot stove you wouldn't know that you could burn your hand the heat feels bad it's an uncomfortable feeling, so it makes your hand pull back, right? So our emotions, our psychological feelings are there to let us know when we're misusing the gift of thought. It's like an alert system, like the zip strips on the side of the road. They don't hurt you. They just, uh, they don't hurt your car. They don't make you flip. They just create a noise that wakes you up and lets you know you're about to go off the road. So our emotions, anxiety, overwhelm, despair, hopelessness, the negative emotions are there to, they feel uncomfortable. They're supposed to, to wake us up, to go back to that default setting of innate mental health, resilience, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, your divine nature, your, your true mind, and Go back and take a fresh look at your situation so that you can respond from a clear mind, not a mind filled with 
futuristic thinking and awfulism, ain't it awfulism and panic and you know, all those things keep you from responding intelligently, wisely. My son's a firefighter. He's a captain in the fire department. And every protocol that they have at the top of their protocols for every dangerous situation they're in, whether it's a car accident or a, you know, a chemical fire or whatever, it says the first thing on their list is remain calm. Hmm. Always remain calm. Because if you don't remain calm, you won't do anything else on the list. You'll right. Yeah. So the calm mind in a crisis, the calm mind in a personal emotional upset moment is the answer to an insightful mind. It's the path back to your wisdom. So those feelings of they're all emotions are good. We need to have our emotions. We need our feelings. They're there to guide us back to resilience. It's like when you riding, learn to ride a bike, the feeling of being out of balance is information so that your muscles learn to right yourself so you stay balanced. And falling down <laughs> hurts. And so it makes you pay attention to that sensation more quickly, gradually over time till you balance the bike. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing with mental health balance. We learn, but we've misused our emotions. We've thought our emotions were telling us something about the outside world, whereas our emotions are telling us about our response to the outside mm -hmm. world. And that's a big difference. It's a big difference. It's a powerful difference. And I could talk to you. We could we could do this all day. I'm I'm fascinated. Maybe we'll have you back and and I can ask all the rest of my questions one day, Joe. I think this is really powerful stuff. Well, that's great. Well, Polly, I'm coming through Portland. I'll stop and we'll do a show. Maybe. All right, let's stop and do it. I'm talking with Joe Bailey, the author of Thriving in the Eye of the Hurricane, Unlocking Resilience in Turbulent Times. And Joe, you coach and work with people all over the world. Where can we find more of your books and your work and, and maybe consult with you? Uh, my website is JoeBaileyAssociates.com. And on there, I have podcasts. I have tons of videos that are free uh, to the public. Uh, I do free podcasts uh, every month. I'm taking a two month break now, but I will be actually I'm doing one today. Uh, and that'll be the last of the first year of my podcasts, which were about people in the book. But next year, I'll be interviewing people who have read the book like yourself, hmm. have been impacted by it. That's great. And you can find me at polycampbell.com. And you can pick up my newest book, You Recharged, at wherever books are sold, and join uh, my Substack community at polycampbell.substack.com. I share some personal stories and experiences with these very things we talk about here. And today, remember to find that calm inner place where our resilience resides, and then we can go from there. When we do, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. 
But I like Airplane. I know you do. But WannaBet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.